0: There's joy in every journey.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I I don't think that's a very good attitude. It's Mike Shope. You don't think? You don't you don't think? I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? It's the Bulldog. I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. While you're there, why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box
3: boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not.
2: Yes, you are. No, No, I'm not.
4: Not WGR, Sports Radio 550. Just
5: get it together, you two.
6: The rehearsals for that must have been really something.
5: You go to hell. No, you go to hell. Come on. Although, I, I meant to, uh, I was going to text Joe this, um, and I didn't last night. When I got home last night, it was really just sort of decompressing, and I turned on the office. And it was the episode where Will Ferrell shows up to take over for Michael Scott, or for Steve Carell, I guess, if I'm going to do by the act. And they have a – do you remember how this happens? You watch The Office. you remember how they, they met or how I this did, started? I
6: didn't – I've never made it far enough in to the series. I've, I've seen – haphazardly seen episodes, many of them. I've never seen Will Ferrell on the show.
5: Okay. So I, I
6: missed that whole –
5: I don't know if he was on for more than one episode. Maybe he was, but where he's introduced is where Michael Scott is leaving, you know, Dunder Mifflin and he's at a hotel bar and Will Farrell is on the other side of the bar and they just start talking and that conversation might be the best conversation in the history of the show. Like that for as great as the office was for so long, these two, just so many things about it. They're both just sort of oblivious in so many different ways. And the conversation they have at that bar um, is just awesome. Hearing Will Ferrell just now reminded me of that. D'Angelo Vickers. When he says his name, it's hilarious. D'Angelo <laughs> Vickers is his name. So good. Okay, so, not to bring everybody down, because that's a happy subject, the office. <laughs> Do you, you, you haven't really said yet. I haven't given you a chance to say yet. Yeah, how how much of a worried for the Bills vibe do you think exists right now?
6: Oh, there's there's I I think there's there's a worried for the Bills vibe for sure. How, how big? I I don't know. Um, I'm always like I'm thinking back to conversations I we've had on the air with Paul. I've had off the air with other people. Like I don't know, like a few people on Twitter responding to you one way is not something I would want to make a case on, you know, like, and I know you, you also are, th- you're asking, do I think it's, is there negativity out there? Is there overreaction out there? Absolutely. Um, But I, 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 I would expect um, that to sort of self-correct over the course, because over the course of the next few weeks, if not months, because I think maybe the, the 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 same sort of person that is overreacting, in my opinion, anyway. I'm not saying they don't have issues that need to be addressed, but you know, I think I think they're still going to be really really good. Like um, that's my walking off point. But I, I think maybe my my uh, my premise here would be that the sort of fan that's overreacting angrily. Uh, to what happened the way the season ended is maybe also the same fan who when they sign an offensive lineman you or I have barely ever heard of that are just like, whoa we're back! So I, I think that, that a lot of that pendulum they're riding on might just swing back once they sign some guys. <laughs> and like we get an idea how if they have to replace Jordan Plyer and Tremaine Edmonds, they're actually going to do that. And so I don't think it, I don't think it's anything that is uh, like I wouldn't expect it to still sound or feel that way uh, to the extent that it might right now. By the time May gets here,
5: it's interesting you use the offensive line as an example of that because I certainly know the have experience with the phenomenon or whatever. But oftentimes, to me, like with linemen, it's you know the old, it's it's the more worried. That Bill's fans tend to sound when it's like Bobby Hart or Saffold even or some of these guys like, uh oh, um, even draft picks, actually. But I-, I don't know. I wonder any fans want to weigh in. Like, do you feel like they will take a real step back or does your best friend think that and you think he's nuts? Just what is the <laughs> what is the vibe out there with these guys? Like a, a recent tweet that I got was like, they'll take a step back. Well, what's that? Twelve and five? Like is that that would, that's a step back? Yeah, I mean, is right. that what what that means? Because that's not even worth saying. If you if you're saying a step back, you're talking about like maybe the wild card or yeah. five hundred.
6: Yeah, that's that. I agree. I I don't I I've said hundreds of times, if not more than that, on this show that twelve and five is a great season. Right, like you win twelve out of seventeen games. Even if it's not the one seed, you know, God forbid, even if it's not enough to win your division. You you win twelve football games out of seventeen. That's a great year. I'm sorry, you had a great regular season. We'll see what the playoffs bring. So yeah, that's not a step back to me. Um, you know, they've 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 been chasing the one seed and haven't attained it yet. Um, so another year where they don't achieve that wouldn't really move the meter for me at all for like what i really think of them you know um you know depending on some fat you know assuming they're still the sort of you know offense scoring points at at, you know 28 points a game sort of clip which is where they were just a little over that again this year so um yeah I i don't know step back to me yeah step back is the Steelers. You know, step back is you're you're hovering around 500, and maybe if things go right on the last weekend, you can back in. Like to me, that would be a step back. Um, you know, l- l- winning. I mean, two two years ago, the, the year they got to the playoffs and looked like a barn fire, weren't they 11 and six? I, so yes, I don't know what yeah. to do with a step back. I mean, I don't. I I, I think um, I don't see a step back, at least not the way I define it. It's way more variance in your win total. Like, I don't think you're winning double-digit games if you're talking about a step back.
5: Okay. Here's Doug with us. Hi, Doug.
7: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. i am um, actually got a positive attitude towards next year because, like, every year Josh Allen does something different in the offseason to correct. Like, back when he first started, everybody was on him about his ac- accuracy, and I know he works really hard with Palmer every year in the off season to correct what he has or, you know, what he needs to correct. And we're really not losing many people. I mean, yeah, like we could lose Edmonds and Poyer, but I mean, we still got Von Miller. We're going to have Tredavious White, who's now going to be a, a full year out of his injury and maybe hopefully, you know, comes mm-hmm. back mentally a little bit better. But I'm actually excited for next year. I think they're going to do better than they did just this year.
5: Better okay, thanks, Doug. That'll be hard to do. I like it. <laughs> yeah.
6: Well, better. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking about? Win in two one seed or get past the divisional round? Like, right? I mean, that that is also better. well.
5: Here is a, that's an important point for figuring this out to me because why might you think there's, there's two at least two answers here? Why might you think the Bills will take a quote step back? One would be. Poyer is a big deal. Edmonds is a kind of a big deal. I mean, other position, offensive line stuff, like the cap crunch and different things, like they're drafting late. There are reasons to think the roster will not look as good on paper, so therefore I don't have as complete or as deep of a team, and I'm not as good. Another would be that they're a level below the teams that played two days ago. And I do not agree with that if that's if that's Mm -hmm. somebody's logic because Cincinnati won here 27 to 10 I mean if they opened here next year and they won't the bills are favored these teams play again you know Mm -hmm. week one or somehow like this week I think maybe the bills are favored or it's very close to even and so that, that I wouldn't do I would not take one game and overreact to that they didn't play Kansas City again. Their last three games against Kansas City were all in Kansas City. They won two, and they should have won the other one. Like, I would still put them, as we go into the offseason, a lot will change, but with those teams, not below. And so, we're taking a step. I mean, Jordan Poyer, what? They lost one game all year when he played? <laughs> Just the last game? Like, is that the only game they lost all year I when he was on the field? I believe that that's correct, yes. So... If he even goes, that will be hard to replace. He'll be hard to replace. But I don't think the Bengals, like, changed this very much for me. They were in the Super Bowl last year. They were good last year. They were good this year. So were the Bills. Like, to me, they're they're close.
6: Yeah, I, I, I think – look, generally I agree with that. Um, you know, if we were doing reverse AFC power rankings today, which we didn't do, I would have the Chiefs and Bengals ahead of the Bills – but that doesn't mean they're not in the same group. Like, I, I and, you know, the question will be here, I think, this spring and summer, who else is ready to ascend to that group? Are the Chargers, new offensive coordinator, are they, are they going to join the group? Are the Broncos with fancy Sean Payton now to fix Russell Wilson, are they going to join? Um, but I, I think the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs, to me anyway, are still the top tier. And you know you can put them in the order you want, but they're they're there to me. They are the elite teams in the conference. Uh, that again, we'll see what the offseason season brings. You know, maybe Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets or something, and uh, you know Lamar stabilizes Baltimore, and, and they're back and and belonging in that tier once they get going. But for now, they're there. Um, and I think you can. Oh, I'm going to say you can feel that way because I do, and still want them to make some changes to 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 tweak some things and try to get better because you know the frustration i still had watching the chiefs and Bengals play one another the way they did and looking at the way the bills played especially against the Bengals on defense it's it's just hard to figure out how you landed there um so i i want to i want to try to avoid that sort of misstep in the future so i'd like to see a change made to, to maybe to maybe help that. Um, but that doesn't mean they're all of a sudden not on that tier anymore. Mm-hmm. Because they were there all year with this group. And so I, I still think you're you're just as capable of putting this thing back together and rolling back out there and winning twelve or thirteen games again.
5: Here's Phil next. Hi, Phil.
6: Hi, thanks for taking my
3: call. Yeah. So I, I want to throw the New England playoff game and a game out. So to speak, because of they were, I just felt like they were really mentally exhausted, including the coaching staff, by the way, from the Demar incident. And because, and you look at New England game, they scored two touchdowns on on kick returns, and then really didn't play that well that game. And that was the bulk of their points against the worst offense in the league. So I really think that if that game they had dominated New England like they normally do, and then we lost to Cincinnati the way we did. I'd be really concerned, but I think both those games I'm throwing out. But then when you look at the second half of the season before the Cincinnati Monday night game, the second half of that season play up to par to where Cincinnati was or where I thought Kansas city was from a consistent basis. And that's what really concerns me. However, we do, we did win the games and good teams win games like that. We just, you know, the DeMar thing just totally threw us out of whack to get mm-hmm. to try to get back to the top level and, and really gain momentum in the playoffs. We just couldn't get there. And, you know, I, so bottom line is I feel good about next year, but this second half of the season really does concern me before the, the Monday night game with Cincinnati, and I don't know what to do about that, especially after watching the game this weekend and how good those coaching staffs were and how good both those defenses
6: were.
5: Nice job, Phil. Thank you.
6: You you, you might have confused the new England game with the playoff game. You left out the Miami game, but whatever the, the, the point holds, um, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't themselves. Uh, I don't think. And they, to an extent have admitted that a few guys did anyway, and you can do whatever you want with that. You know, like I, I'm inclined to respect it. I don't think it's like the only reason um, that that they they could not find their way to win um, the Cincinnati game, but I don't know. It would feel disingenuous for me to completely dismiss it because I was worried about them for a month before that. Even
5: here's Steve. Next, hi Steve.
6: Hey,
7: gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just a quick point: it doesn't necessarily feel like we're ready for a step back. It feels like the window size changed. It got smaller. And and that's, I think, my biggest concern. It, it, it seems like it's going to be a lot harder to make it back to the point I felt we were at, you know, minus 13 seconds the year before. Like, I, to me, that team was almost unstoppable. And it, it, it's still shocking how we lost that game. I, this year was choppy, and I, I think it's going to be a lot harder to replicate what, what We've done the last couple of years, and to, to an earlier point that, that Bulldog made, there's, there's going to be a few more teams that join that that top tier that are going to make it a little bit more of a challenge. I, I'm not sure how we're going to may may take a year or two to, to kind of I, I don't use the word rebuild, but kind of bounce back um, and retool, especially mm-hmm. when you're you're leaning on Gabe Davis to be your number two, and that that for whatever reason didn't work out the way we all thought it might. Uh, so not and only are you replacing Boyer um, in some of the other holes, but but now it's a second receiver. You're starting to have uh, some more positional needs that are popping up. Uh, it's going to be tough to repeat.
5: Thanks, Steve. Uh, also good points. I, I think it's not exactly counter to what you said or exactly the same as what you said, but one thing about this year coming up is – Man, like the best case scenario, almost almost literally, the best case scenario is let's meet back here in a year in January and see what happens. Like the one seed point, that's still something they've yet to attain. But if you're good like they've been, it's a third disappointing or worse playoff loss now that we're on to. And man, like just that, there'll be that much less respect given mm-hmm. to what they're able to do in the best case scenario next year, necessarily, because the playoffs are it. And now they are that relatively large step closer to being a team that, you know, trademark can't win in the playoffs. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in can't win in the playoffs, but a lot of people do. And so the Bills will have more have to listen to more of that mm-hmm. this year, and who knows if they'll even think it. And one more time, that's the best-case scenario. The best-case scenario is we get to January and, like, okay, now you got to beat these guys. Like, that's it. You know they're good enough to do it, just like this year was. You know they're good enough to do it, just have to do it. And I've said it all. Like, yeah. that that will happen. That will be the case this year. Last year really was like that, too. There was the second half for me was concerning enough to for I want for us to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that just to see if they were still, you know, the Bills. Um but even even this year was this. Get to January and yeah. find out.
6: Yeah, I wonder about that, you know, that, that creeping in on them. You know, I, I think I read that Tyler Dunn did one more show with uh, isaiah mckenzie and, and and i believe mckenzie said Diggs said something to the effect after the Cincinnati game ended like this it, it just keeps happening like the same 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 you know same ending uh so like that that's you know in the heat of a moment maybe that's just a thing you say um but it, it also could be a window into a frustration that could be building there that they they themselves are starting to feel like they can't get over the hump
5: right uh, here's Rob with us. Hi, Rob. Hey, guys. Love the show. Thanks
2: for taking my call. Thank you, thank I you. was I was telling the screener uh, I've had a couple of people here mention to me that uh, that they believe that the Bills have been leapfrogged by the Bengals, and uh, I, I entertained the thought for a minute. But um, you know, I, I look at what this team went through this year. You know, off the field distractions like the the, the shooting in Buffalo the injuries, the weather, everything that that went along with that. And these guys are human, too. And, you know, you, you there's only so much that, that a human can take before it builds up. And, and emotionally, That we all say it, you know, this game is a game of emotions. And I think by the end of the season, they're drained. I'd like to just throw this season away. Let's attack the cap. Let's see if Josh Allen, I love Josh Allen, let's see if he's serious about winning. See if he restructures his contract to make it a little bit more cap friendly, and uh, I'm ready to gear up and go. I, I'd much rather let's get the season started next week because I'm ready to go. I think oh. I think good things are going to happen. Uh, I'm I'm ready for next year, man. I don't think we're taking a step back at all. I think I think we're going to gear up and get ready to go again. Get right back at it.
5: Hashtag run through a wall for Rob. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
6: love it, Rob. Man, I I wouldn't if I were you. I wouldn't spend two minutes worrying about whether Alan will, will redo his contract. Like, guys do it all the time. It, it's, uh, to me, it's almost a formality.
5: It'll be that, to his it, advantage financially, right, right? I mean, Right,
6: and, and it just... It just
8: yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
0: That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
6: You know, just I wouldn't even for a second worry about it. It, it, it it's obvious to me. I would be amazed if he didn't want to do it.
5: Yeah, I'm so, ready to. I'm ready for next week. Let's. let's I agree. I need to I'm crunch not, some lineups. I line still ups. need a
6: little time off, but I, I mean, I, I like the I like the caller spirit.
5: I need to crunch some lineups soon. <laughs> I need to grind waivers soon. I need it bad. I'm in three drafts right now. Of course you are. Of course I am. Is right. Let's yep. see. I'm on deck here in round 15. That's the one we've talked about. Uh, I am five picks away in round 10 and I've made my first round pick in the third one.
6: I love how you say so confidently. That's the one we've talked about. Like yeah. I have any idea which one we've talked
5: about. I, I know which one it is. Cause that was the first one. And I asked you about Justin Fields or something, right? I asked you about this, this team, yeah, Jefferson, they're... or the, I had the tweet, like which pick should I make Jefferson or Kelsey anyway? Yeah. I I, there's like a jolt of energy from Rob, but for different reasons, I got to put a lineup in here soon or I'm going to fall apart. Okay. Time for sports. Paul Hamilton joins us at six. Sabres and Hurricanes downtown tomorrow night. Mike Show, and the Bulldog WGR.
2: I hate to break your heart, but the, o- the only way to be in a playoff spot is after the 82nd game of the year. So we we have lots more work to do, and we're going to keep doing it. The only thing we have in control of, as I keep saying, is tomorrow or uh, tomorrow's against Carolina, and we'll stay very, very focused on that. Do our best to take care of that as we should.
5: How do you like Don Granato's uh, logic there? You know, you can't be in a playoff spot until the season's over.
6: <laughs> okay, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what he could say that would upset me. Um, I think the last time I even wanted to make this point uh, was was a was a weeknight when I was on remote and you were you were off that day, um, and like listening to his pregame interview that day, just sitting there thinking, this still is refreshing listening to him answer questions from the media. And it's, you know, he's done hundreds of those already. And they're, it's still, like, I never feel like I'm just getting junk from him. So I love listening to him talk. I, I retweeted Matt Ove from Channel 7, who does some work with Sal on the football podcast for the station, tweeted a video earlier this afternoon. Um, he asked Granado about, Cage Thompson, like a a moment, do you remember? Like, is there, you know, a a, a thing that stands out to you about, like, when it changed for him? Um, And Granado told this story about how before last season, so Thompson's breakout season, if you will, the the season prior to this one, where he scored 38 goals, he said, like, before the season began, he sat him down and just said, like, look, you've been, you know, they've known each other a long time, right? Going back to the, you know, when Thompson would have been 15 or 16 years old, National Development Program. And the, the way Granado explained what he told Thompson was you've been all this time working towards something in the future, right? You, you knew when, when, when I first met you, you know, there was going to be a lot of work to try to get where you wanted to be in the future. And what Granado said is sometimes with young players, they, 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 you can sort of just keep writing off your failure to break through as like, well, I'm just going to keep working and I'm going to get there. It's the future. And Granado sort of sat Thompson down before last season began and said, "It's now. You you, you, you have sh- done everything you you should do this. If you're ever going to do this, do it." Basically, and like that, he he said like that. That's the moment I'll remember. Like like trying to get that through to him, and he did it he just he changed his approach you remember granado last year talking about how he had talked to thompson about you know don't settle everything down to the point where you're being so precise with just get it to the net your shot is ridiculous like obviously have an idea what you're trying to do but you you, sometimes you just don't have time to be as precise as you might want to be so just get it just get it away and good things will start happening and i mean holy cow
5: I enjoyed listening to that and I also enjoyed how the first thing you said was, I'm not sure there's anything he could say that would upset you. (laughs) And I've written down 28 things that I wonder if I'm not going to read them (laughs) in the Bauk days. Like this computer would be blowing up with the absolutely most offensive things you 've ever seen oh my, in your yes. life, yes, like right. just yes. W- if Don Granado said yeah, yeah i 'm sorry everybody i 'm going to make you do it for yourself. if Don Granado said the worst thing you could imagine someone saying would it upset you <laughs>
6: I'm saying there's a chance that it wouldn't. Right now. There's that's, a that, chance you could say anything. That's where and I'm it's at, fine. That's where I'm at with this cat, <laughs> man. He just does. He's just doing such a great.
5: <laughs> oh my God! Just, my I am in a bad place. The worst, the best, but the worst. Thinking of the most yes. vile, oh, horribly yeah, offensive know. comments you could you could possibly think. Things you would never even whisper alone in your house.
6: Oh, I, I have text exchanges with Greg. It, it, it's been a while now, months, but when I do, those are texts that I delete immediately. Oh, like after we're like just like okay, I don't need, I, you know, whatever. I, just it, it'd be things that I don't want to try to explain to my wife. Like why would I just, it, it, you know, not that she's going looking through my phone, but you know what I mean. Like I just, just I don't, I don't want this my name on this right i need to get i need to just, i know it's out there somewhere but i need to, i need it off my phone i just don't
5: <laughs> somebody's gonna see it and not understand it's
6: just way too graphic and nice.
5: yeah. yes <laughs> what's wrong with this guy oh they're just joking
6: yeah just, uh, well, but that's not funny. but he said yeah. can you
5: imagine just have to run it through the don granado test while we're still happy with them while, while things are, are going so well. <laughs> Here's Brian with us. Hi, Brian.
1: Hey, guys. Good conversation on the uh, Bills' future. I think you're probably at a place where you could say the roster maybe and the, the performance is maybe plateaued a little bit. Um, and I think the reason why is this offseason, I mean, it's going to be the first one I can remember where, you know, Bean has talked about it in season-ending press conference. They just don't have the cap space anymore to just go out and sign Von Miller. He said, you know, that, that's going to have to count for last year's big splash and this year's big splash. And when you look, you know, the, on, the, on the offensive line, they got several free agents. I mean, Gwezenberry, Saffold, obviously, and going down the list, Buck Um, So you're probably looking at having to try and rebuild the offensive line. And at the same time, you've thrown a ton of resources in the de- into the defensive line as well um, in recent drafts. So I, I think it makes sense to try and maximize Josh Allen, and you're going to have to do that you know, get another receiver is a must. And you're going to have to add some resources to that offensive line, but without the cap space, or you're going to have to tighten it up. And you still got Edmonds and Poyer. And my guess is, you know, Poyer's the odd man out as they're already talking about Bernard or um, uh, Benford to safety. And so if you can only get Edmonds, that's, that's great. But I think the defense is at best going to stay about the same. And the offense needs a big influx of talent, I, I think, to stay kind of relevant. So I can see where you're managing a lot. The draft becomes a lot more important, and they're going to need stronger drafts in the last three because outside of Diggs, you really don't have any A players to show for, you know, the draft the last three years. A lot of the guys we love all came from
6: 2017, 2018 draft.
5: Okay, thanks, Brian.
6: Well, you know, the, I don't, I don't, I don't want this to come out the the the, the wrong way. Um, they weren't good up front this year, right? Like we've got, we and it certainly it came home to roost in a big, big way in the Bengal game. I mean, and in the Miami game too. I mean, they just could not. They Allen was just under so much duress uh, in those two games, but like they weren't good up there, and they had the year they had. So, like, I know I want to be. I you know I'd would love to have um, you know what Philly has up front. <laughs> okay, I mean there there's there's absolutely mauling people um but th- they can still be on the top tier in the conference in the league with an average offensive line because of allen so you want to fix that you'd like to use resources to fix that and, and make it excellent but even if it's some facsimile of what it was this past year you're probably still going to win a pile of football games. So, like, I, I know that, that that you know this is the time of the year where we want to we want everything to get better. Um, I guess I'm telling you, if they don't get better on the offensive line, they'll still probably be great. Um, what what I think, and like, I I don't I don't want to like join the get a receiver army just because I don't want us all to sound the same. But I I don't think there's ever been a year in my life where I have looked at this football team and thought they need, for a variety of reasons, to find someone to challenge Davis for that number two spot. Whether that's a rookie, I don't know how realistic that is, maybe if it's a really highly sought-after first-round rookie, maybe he's got to look at that and he can do that. Um, If that's a a mid-tier free agent that, you know, you you know you can bring more out of this guy. He's not getting opportunity or whatever it is so the price fits what you're doing. They have to do that to me almost as priority one and two. Like, I don't even want to hear about other priorities. Their skill positions were really left wanting compared to the the, the other teams that they were playing with here at the end. So they really need to get busy about respecting that and figuring that out. Um so, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say don't worry about the line, um, and I may even decide I, I would rather they draft a guard at 27 uh, when the time comes. But boy, right now sitting here today, I am just get me somebody, and the variety of reasons. In case it's not obvious, I mean, for for the season, of course, but Diggs is. The decline is going to come at some point here. And you're going to want somebody ready to sort of hand the torch to. And, man, I just feel like it's time to do that.
5: Davis will be a really interesting player. He was this year, too. Um, Just whether or not it was right to expect the high ceiling kind of performances that he delivered in Kansas City. He was always a good red zone option, contested catch, can he do the whole the whole job and it didn't go well enough for collectively we all to think like we're in a really good place there but he will be on the roster unless he's traded or something like he'll be on the roster he's not up yet but he is up after this year and the bills are probably I'm sure thinking ahead on all these guys you know and davis at his best moments when, you got, when you, you got to this thought, like, what are they going to do to be able to pay him? They're paying Knox. When they paid Knox, part of that conversation was, well, what about Davis? Like, next year, you're going to have to decide on him. And if you're winning and he's producing, you know, the big numbers, then what do you do about it? Can you afford him? You know, in a, in a weird way in football and in sports, you're sort of better off if the guy doesn't produce.
6: Right, right. He he yeah, if he if he'd had a monster year, we'd be okay. You got to sign him now. Yeah, maybe to a big extension and there's the torch passing. Eventually, he'll be the guy after Diggs is, you know, whatever, gone.
5: Maybe so they'd never like set him up to fail next year. But if he smashes, then you've got another big contract to write if you you know choose to do it. I don't know. There's no ultimate point here. It's just how that works sometimes is kind of inside out. But he did not have. I mean, he did not have a great season, and maybe he, maybe the Bills. What would they probably want if they if they found the right number two receiver? Then Davis can maybe play the role he had been playing before when Sanders was here. Yep. You know, m- more limited. They're probably protected from the big contract if they care about that in this scenario, and expectations come off a little bit. You know, and maybe yep. you get what you want.
6: I think the year he had absolutely—I mean, that's why I'm saying here—they need to find uh, another guy to sort of displace, if not just at the very least, challenge him. Um, I think if they're being honest with themselves, like for for me, I am not interested at all in committing big money to a guy who drops the ball as often as he does. This year, it was just too much of a problem. There, there were there were too many plays like i know like drops maybe maybe that that will correct itself uh next year because i don't remember really feeling like that was an issue with him before this year but there were really noticeable just bad just bad drops and that's not something i want to i want to that's too much of a roller coaster to me to commit big money to right now
5: Mike Schoep and the Bulldog here at 803-0550. Back after this break on WGR. Welcome back, everybody. The Sabres are back at it tomorrow night, home to Carolina. Paul Hamilton will join us in just over 10 minutes to discuss. Here is Matt with us. Hi, Matt.
2: Hey, guys.
9: You know, I think we've had, with the Sabres, some good player stories this year, like Thompson and Darlene or freaks on the ice. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk about the, the depth of the forwards being the third most most scoring NHL team. Um, three, sometimes four, really productive lines and and players who have been around a while, and uh, we're kind of waiting to do something. Like stat suddenly is skating well. Um, Olsson is doing more than scoring at the faceoff circle and um, you know Skinner trying these sneaky goals now on the goal line because it worked a couple times. Like. I feel like these players are I – mean, maybe it's Granado talking about confidence. Are they playing more confidently? I know attendance at the game itself, like there's new leadership on the team. What What do you think is sort of the input to this, these forwards and how they're getting such good results?
6: I think it, it traces all the way back to when Granado first took over. And it was – I don't know. It wasn't hard – to maybe roll your eyes a little bit. I did at times because, you know, he was talking about a team that was not...
5: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medellin is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crownland Port, Chicago, Illinois.
6: no expectation at all of the standings mattering and so he would talk about we need to find out how good you all are and just go you know just go play go go forward try things you know use your skill because you need you know we all need to figure out you need to figure out what you're you know capable of and so do we and I think that is carried over here even though now they're you know they're in they're in a race um, the standings do matter they're relevant. But this team still, to me, um, is they play free. They're, they're not, I mean, Dahleen is a perfect example of this under the previous coach as opposed to what he's doing now under Granado. Um, they're just not as worried about getting yelled at for it. And that's not to say that there aren't, um, you know, <laughs> that, that, that they, they don't have things to answer for when they make mistakes, especially if they're repeated mistakes. Uh, but they're also, I think the biggest mistake, the, the impression I'm under that this coach would feel any of these guys could make is not, not being aggressive, not using their talent. And I, I just think in hockey that that's, it's been a long time since there's been a coach of this team that's acted that way or, or wanted his team to play that way. And really, you know, I think backed it up with how he handles his players.
5: It's a really good question, Matt. Um, we'll talk to Paul about it. I'd like to know how he would answer it. That'll be just coming up here. I had a very odd, sudden craving for pecan twirls. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I had one, but suddenly I just thought of them and want one. There was a time when I would eat the whole package. Pecan what? twirls.
6: What, what are we talking about
5: here? You don't know that one? Pecan twirls? Are, are
6: these, Two like, days
5: in a row. He knows exactly how old Nolan Ryan is, just on a moment's notice. Bam. Yep, but yep. pecan twirls, after the it, me- mastermind debacle of yesterday.
6: Is this like a knockoff pretzel type item?
5: No, it's a sweet treat, which is oh, all just, the more reason why I can't understand, I don't understand why I thought of it, because I don't like ever co- eat. Like
6: a coffee cake type of thing? Ca- yeah, a little bit. Okay.
5: Pecan twirls.
6: Okay. Like a cinnamon roll, but pecan. Very good. Okay.
5: Very good comparison. Okay. You got them over yeah. there?
6: Uh, 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 <laughs> uh. Hang on, let me. No, I don't have any papers I can show. No, I no, I no. They
5: mm. don't, don't have right. any pecan twirls.
6: No, sorry. Mm. Not a big. Um, not big on the sweets myself.
5: No, me neither. I never yeah. eat like anything like that.
6: There was a box I think maybe my wife brought home from work the other day with a couple of things in it and I, I looked at it this morning and was like,
5: eh,
6: eh yeah. Nope. Not gonna do it.
5: <laughs> it's great when it's it's not even tempting, isn't it?
6: Yeah. It's great. It's a great feeling.
5: Yes. Like, you know, Sunday I had friends over like ice cream and everybody's talking about ice cream. Like I have no interest at all in ice cream. Never. Especially in January, but just like no I'm not it's great to not even be tempted. I wish I was that way about more <laughs> things I consume, you know, like the Slim Jims last night at 1130. I didn't need, but I'm not as disciplined when it comes to Slim Jims as I am sweets. Paul after sports. Mike Schoep the Bulldog WGR.
8: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive.